It is a joy to be with you in church and we're in this series. Once in a while we do a conversation together, study a topic in Scripture together. By that I mean all our churches and this is one of them. And our topic is Jesus, the chain breaker. And our conversation centres around the idea that we uh, receive Christ uh, and are saved. That process of being born again is to, is to allow Christ into our hearts to take over and rule and reign in our hearts. But the process of discipleship, the process of becoming Christ-like is when He receives us, is when something about us is handed over or surrendered to God, given into God's hands. And that's been part of our conversation. Just to give you a recap over the last few weeks, we talked first of all about patterns and pitfalls. By the way, you can find this on YouTube and on podcast and catch up or uh, listen again if you if you would like. Uh, in the evening service that, that Sunday, I talked about symptoms of strongholds. That was, that was last week. Uh, this morning, I, I want to talk to you about finding your footing. And tonight I'm going to talk to you about healing your willpower. Everybody should come tonight to heal your willpower. You know very well that your willpower is going to struggle at the coffee shop menu after the service. So when, you, when you're about to buy that, that, that uh, lemon meringue, just remember I must come tonight and be set free from my willpower problem. Recently, I accompanied a friend to a gym session. I usually go on my own because then I can set my own weights. But when you go with a friend, you flex and you set weights that you think will help you keep up or impress. I don't know why we still do that at all the ages and stages of our lives. It was leg day. I hadn't done leg day in a while, maybe a decade. <laughs> I felt that my Greek genes and by that I mean genetically. My, my Greek genes automatically gave me sort of a certain advantage. I was wrong. I kept up as much as I could and thoroughly enjoyed the session. In fact, I remember thinking to myself, you know what? For someone in his 40s, I nailed that. <laughs> There's a bit of deception there. I nailed it, I felt. Okay, I'm 50. But I nailed it and I was so comfortable. And when I got home, I was fine. I did all the things they tell you to do. Have protein afterwards. Drink a shake. What they didn't tell me, or I forgot, is that after you drink the shake, and you haven't done that in a while, the legs, you shake. <laughs> and in fact, it got worse the day afterwards. And then I told a friend, and what do friends normally do when, when, when you're in pain and suffering? They poke at your legs. Oh, is it sore here? I don't know why we do that. Stop it. And they said, you know, the only solution is to go back and do leg day again. You've got to work through the pain. What cliched nonsense uh, we come up with. You've got to work through the pain. But here's what I found. I found, having worked at it, I was a little shaky on my own feet. It felt a little uncomfortable getting up off the chair. Standing or sitting, as long as you didn't change position, was easy. It was when you changed position, going from sitting to standing or from standing to sitting, that I sounded a little like an old man. There were groans and moans that accompanied the action. You guys can stop laughing because you know that's exactly what happens in your own life. Well, spiritually, there's a whole conversation in Scripture about how firm you are on your own feet. 
whether you are comfortable, firm, steadfast, or insecure, unsure, and uncomfortable in your footing. The Bible tells us that just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're comfortable in standing firm at everything. We're born again and that means our feet are firm in heaven. But sometimes they're not firm in our emotions, our finances, our attitudes or our feelings. I can be a little shaky sometimes and Jesus needs to set me free from my shaky ways. Can I have an amen for that? In fact, I'll give you a personal little confession. Sometimes when we sing some songs, I mean, there are some songs of worship I just love. We could sing them over and over again and I'll be okay. There are some songs I struggle with. And I used to think, because, you know, I can do this. I used to think, I've got to make a note and say to Vince, don't sing that song again. And sometimes I do that, you know, just to like, I don't know, give some guidance. But every now and then, there's a song that I don't want to sing. And Jesus tells me, you don't have to sing it. You're shaky in this area. You need to let other people sing it. You're in the receiving phase of that song. You're not yet in the singing phase of that song. And if I cancel all the songs I'm not comfortable with, I may never receive steadfastness or sure-footedness in that area. It happened to me today. For those of you in other stars, we sang a song today that included words like, you would choose me all over again. And the more we sang that song, the more uncomfortable I became. I thought, it's too much about me and I want to talk about Jesus. Then I heard the Holy Spirit whisper in my heart in that small, still voice, this is not a song you can sing right now. You need to receive these words so that you can stand firm in this thing so that one day you can sing these words. And that's why I'm so grateful for church. You sing when I can't and you speak when I can't and you give when I can't and you carry when I can't and you water when I'm downtrodden and dry. And I say I to represent all of us who in some area or season of our lives are feeling uncertain on our feet. I'm grateful that Jesus puts me on firm foundation. But now and then I feel like I'm sinking. Like, just like Peter, the, uh, the disciple, I step out of the boat and to be honest, I get a bit overwhelmed. Every now and then, I need Jesus to take me by the hand as he did Peter when he was sinking in the water. But once he's taken me by the hand, he's got to put me on solid ground. Jesus, the chain breaker, is the one who helps us be broken free from our uncertainty and to be firmly rooted or established in truth. To establish something means to be confident in it. Have you ever been in a conversation where you know you've entered into a topic you're not confident in? You just mumble repetitions of what the other person says just to keep up with the conversation. Being uncertain makes you insecure. Being uncertain in your footing makes you easily pushed over. There are too many Christians who are pushovers because your feet aren't firm. They need to be on solid ground. You're standing in some area, but only just. And you need to be standing solidly. And that's one of the callings of Christ on the earth. Have a look at Luke chapter 4 from the NIV. Jesus is reading a passage of Scripture that describes 
his very own job description uh, is from Isaiah, but he rereads it. Luke chapter 4, 16, he went uh, to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he unrolled it. He found the place, he found the place where it is written, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoner and the recovery of sight for the blind and to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Oppressed people don't stand well. Christ has come to set us free. By the way, there's a beautiful image about when Jesus reads the scroll, something just visual to bear in mind. You know, those Old Testament Torah or Scripture was written on this long piece of paper, one per book of the Bible, and they would roll it up from each end into the middle, right? Which is why if you ever find out what the middle verse is and all that, it mattered. It mattered because they rolled it into the middle, two scrolls of equal uh, um, size on either side. And Jesus would unroll it and then he would hold it up before God and he would read the verse in question and he would have to hold it like that. As a reminder to him that that verse will require my sacrifice on a cross someday to read it to you this way. Jesus is not only good news to the poor and then we stop there. He is also the opening of prison doors, the recovery of blind eyes and the setting free of the oppressed. It's no good, it's insufficient rather to be saved but still oppressed. And it's insufficient to be saved and still in some kind of prison or bondage. Christ came to eradicate more than just your one day future problems. He also came to set you free from your now situation. And a lot of us are in a now situation that isn't nice. But Jesus come, came to set you free from that. By the way, all of Christ's mission is good news. All of Christ's mission is exciting news. I want to encourage you today that while you're sitting here with on your heart a ticket for heaven, I want you to know that Jesus is here to write on your heart, a delivery from every other debt, not just your eternal debt. I have other debts, not just eternal debts. I have debts of self-judgment, insecurity, inferior, inferiority, anger, frustration, certainly when I drive. I received a series of SMSs the other day. I was so annoyed. Why so many SMSs? Couldn't you just make it one message until I realised all three were notifications of final notice for a traffic fine? Don't worry, I dealt with them as a Christian. I rebuked them in the name of Jesus. <laughs> uh, I will pay for them later. Uh, uh, just as a good Christian, claiming it and then not doing it. Uh, we must do it. Job chapter eight, I'll just leave that there. Just leave that there. It's exactly, people are making jokes, judging me. You can't just pray over your, your, your fine, you have to pay it and you can't just pray over your blessing, you have to give for it. But anyway, can we go to Job chapter eight? Sorry, there's something in the air today. Um, 
Job chapter 8 from the message translation, it says, they hang uh, their life from one thin thread. They hitch their fate to a spider web. One jiggle and the thread breaks. One jab and the web collapses. Or they're like weeds springing up in the sunshine, invading the garden, spreading everywhere, overtaking the flowers, getting a foothold even in the rocks. But when the gardener, I love this, rips them out by the root, the garden doesn't miss them one bit. The sooner godlessness is gone, the better. Then good plants and plans can grow in their place. Do you know how many times we've hitched our lives in some area on nothing more than a spider's web or a thin thread? You're on the edge all the time, unsure of whether this relationship will end, this situation will end, this conflict will resolve, always on the edge. Jesus comes to wash the cobwebs away, to pull out the weeds and to let something stronger and something more fruitful grow in its place. You can't keep living like this on a thread. You can't build your life like a spider's web. You need to be on solid ground. That word footing is there, a foothold. I always thought footholds were only negative, but the Bible actually has footholds that are positive and footholds that are negative. He talks about how that our feet should be on a solid footing or foothold. You'll see it in the Psalms in a moment. Then he talks about be careful not to give the devil a foothold. They can be positive, they can be negative. I um, had gone to see some land a while ago um, uh, ind- indigenous land, farm, farmland, natural, I don't know what to call it. And um, I, was, I was just quite interested in, 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 in seeing some and perhaps one day buying some. And I was warned by the agent, there are, there are very dangerous spiders there. I said, well, that's, that's fine. Uh, uh, what kind of spiders? They gave me the name. I looked it up. They look awful. They are like, I don't know, a widow something. They are red. They are black. They are angry. And so by the time I got to the piece of land, I envisaged these spiders. The landowner said, oh, you know about the spiders, eh? Oh, more news about the spiders. I got a bit of an anxiety in my heart. So of course I did what everybody should do. I sent the agent uh, first. Uh, I I said, you walk, I'm coming behind you. Uh, uh, you're going to earn your commission yet today in the name of Jesus. <laughs> so the owner said, no man, I'll go first, I'll go first. And with quite considerable bravery, he just, I mean, they were crisscrossing the path from top to bottom. I, I could, there were many of them, hundreds maybe, in my head, thousands. I thought I could hear them coming behind me. I did, I did think that, I did think that, but maybe that's for watching too many late night Netflix uh, movies. So I thought I could hear them coming and I was a little bit anxious and the owner went through. Anyway, the long and the short of it is one or two of them did land up on my shoulder. Don't be like that. I don't need your discouraging ooze right now. And uh, two things struck me. The one is uh, that uh, uh, the photos on Google uh, were not true to size. They're about this big. Tiny. Tiny. But when you Google them, out comes a picture and it's the size of a, a giant rat. They're tiny. They're tiny. 
Anyway, I get through the end of the whole process. I love the land. I think it's beautiful land. I think one day we should have land like that and have a retreat out there somewhere. It's like the direction of sea view. And it was just incredible land. And um, and then I got home and I thought, you know what? Um, this owner was gutsy. Eh? He just cut through the spider webs like this. He was just chopping them with his hand and moving them on and shaking them off my shoulder. And he was making jokes. Oh, there's one on your neck. Yeah, I don't need people like that in my life. <laughs> I got home. I thought, well, let me, maybe just not the picture, just read the text. And there it was, that phrase. Despite common reputation, the spider is not dangerous. <sighs> I thought, oh, the devil paints a picture, Oh, he paints a picture. He's everywhere, in everything. Everybody's talking. It's going to be bad. It is bad. It's going to get worse. The spider gets bigger. It gets angrier and redder. And it's all over the place. And the next thing you know, it's on your shoulder. And all the while, it's nothing more than a spiritual swat. It is not dangerous. It is not life-threatening. It's a simple thing. Don't stop your path. Don't fail to explore the land because somebody told you there's a web in the way and stop building your life on or around nothing more than thin strands of a spider's web. Stop doing that. Do you know, this passage of Scripture reminds me just how powerful Christ is when He comes to break us out of what we think holds us down in an impossible way. We all know the stories of large animals like elephant who, when trained to be chained to a simple stump, as, as baby elephants grow up to think that they still can't move further than the chain. They are long ago stronger than the chain, but they were trained to keep it close. Today, I want to teach you about how footholds happen and how to break free from them. And I have eight minutes to do it. And I'm very excited. The next eight minutes, we're going to go into fifth gear. Can we do that? And let's just go for it. Number one, a feeling can become a foothold when it's on repeat. Ephesians chapter four says, go ahead and be angry. Now, now I know some of you don't want to read anything else. I got my verse for the day, honey. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry. There's my confirmation. But don't use your anger as a fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. You see, when you have a feeling on repeat, you're building a web in your soul. When you imagine how you're going to revenge yourself or avenge yourself, you're building a web. When you picture what you should have said, when you picture the background music that will play when you finally get your say, when you imagine that you're in some sort of a soapy and you are going to have the final say and then the scene will just cut to black. That's not real life. You're going to carry something until it becomes a foothold. Do you know a foothold, according to the dictionary definition, is a secure place to put your foot to advance higher up the mountain. 
It's a foothold. If you give the devil a foothold, he'll secure his foot on your anger, but he's not planning on staying there. He's advancing into your soul and you've given him one step. And then do something else, another step. And something else, another step. Before you know it, you wonder, how did you land up in my marriage, in my business, in my heart, in my mindset? Well, I, I gave you steps. You couldn't have gotten in there if I didn't give you some steps. But I gave you steps. I said, here, devil, put one foot over here. One foot, because I'm angry and I want to stay angry. Put one foot over there. Then put another one here. I'm very disappointed with the church. Very disappointed. Put another foot here. How are you doing there? It's not too much of a stretch. Okay, stick around. I'm going to come up with another feeling. You just stay in position. And I'll come up with another feeling. Someone just took a photo of that. That is terrible. You just take another feeling. Don't worry about that. I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna feel lonely and I'm gonna think about my loneliness and how nobody cares. And Hello. Try to stop me with that. Such an old trick. Oh. And I've emailed the church a hundred times and nobody's emailed me back and I've SMSed my friends and got blue ticked. Sorry, devil, you can move this foot here. Now come a little closer. Footings. To advance. And you wonder how I got there. Let me tell you, when the devil puts a foot somewhere, stop hitting the devil. Take the footing away. Now you can't, I'm sorry, you can't stand there. You just move back, move back, move back. Keep your distance. There's no way for you to stand. We think, well, what we're going to do is attack the devil. We don't. We just have to distance ourselves from him. Fly higher than his altitude. Fly higher than his altitude. Uh, I hope that wasn't too awkward on the screens, everybody. Feelings on repeat uh, become footholds. A failure can become a foothold. If we don't put it in a box and learn from it, we might allow it to define us. Psalm 73 says, but as for me, my feet almost slipped. I'd nearly lost my footing. David the psalmist said, you know what? I messed up. And when I mess up, it's one thing to slip. It's another thing to lose your footing. Watch out for that. Watch out that a failure I think we all kick ourselves at some point going, oh, I can't believe I was so silly. I didn't see that happen. But when you're done, dust yourself off. Get back on solid ground and say, Lord, thank you for a new day. Your mercy is on you every day. Thank you for another opportunity, Lord. Thank you for a fresh start, Lord. Thank you for a new season, Lord. Thank you that you can stand again. Watch out that failure doesn't define you in any area. Uh, failure, do you know failure is... Uh, let me word it this way. Um, failure is essential to success because a test is an in essential ingredient to a testimony. You can't have a testimony without a test. It's literally in the word. The first part of a testimony is a test. Thank you, Lord, that I can write again. Thank you, Lord, that I can repeat Thank you, Lord, that I can redo it and it won't define me. I won't allow it to become a foothold in my life. Do you know how you know when failure becomes a foothold? When you have explanations for your failure rather than scriptures for your success. I started getting into that after the pandemic. 
our PE is this and the Eastern Cape is that and South Africa is the next thing. Well, it's understandable because the people prefer online to in-person. Well, you, you know, nobody does big things in this part of the world. You know, people prefer small groups all over the place. And I had to remind myself, but what did the Lord say? Should we not do as he has instructed us to do? And be careful not to give ourselves explanations for our failures and rather have scriptures for our successes. They might say, the city of George, well, how big is that? Can it handle another church? As long as there are unsaved people there, it needs another church. Uh, is that clappable? <laughs> One more church in Cape Town. How many churches? Until every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. If you'll cheer when another coffee shop opens, you should cheer when the house of God opens. And we start having explanations. The research says, well, the scriptures say. Finally, when you're flooded, you can lose your foothold. Psalm 69 says, I've sunk in deep mire where there is no foothold. I've come into deep water where a flood overwhelms me. Sometimes you're in so deep, you can't even find your feet. I, I, have, I, have I got a few more minutes? I think I do. I think it gives me another like, hey, it kicks over. Um, I, I told them, I'd give you a secret. I told them, I said, please don't make it red. Just makes me very anxious. So I think they kick it over to like green now. Um, Make me feel better. Years ago, I, I, some friends, uh, um, and I use that term loosely, <clears throat> friends, because of the story that I'm about to tell. I don't know if they really were my friends. They said, come, let's teach you how to water ski. And we went here to Sunday's River. It was very nice. I quite enjoyed water skiing, actually. I mean, I wouldn't, I'm probably not going to do it again. I must have done. And... Um, and, and from that point of view, it you see green. It was, it was, it was very, from that point of view, it was very enjoyable. But they played a joke on me, a prank. I didn't know water. You know, I come from, you know, the coastline. I know the sea. I don't know rivers. They said, look, here's the rope. When you get close to the land, you jump out and you pull us in. Sounds logical. Some of you are laughing because you know what happened. If you are this type of friend, the Lord rebuke you. We were about two or three meters away. I felt like the ocean, it must progressively become an embankment. They said, you can jump now. I took that rope and I jumped and I disappeared clean under that water. Four meters. I went through the warm water and then the cold water and then the devilish dark water. Like, do you know when you went so far, that's like, the, is this the end of the age? I, I just couldn't find it. I frogged my way up to the top, rope gone to find five or six. As I say, I use the term loosely, friends, crying with laughter, crying like Hardy does <laughs> on that boat. And you know, as funny as that story is about me, there's some of you all jumping into marriage <laughs> uh, 
You're jumping into having kids. You're jumping into starting a business. You haven't found your footing. You don't know where the ground is. You don't know what a firm foundation is. You're just jumping. And you've got a bunch of hardy dogs, i.e. the devil and his demons, having a good laugh as you think so deep, you think you're in dark water. He puts my feet on solid ground. I want to encourage you to be mindful of the risk that you don't get overwhelmed so much that you think, this is like a flood. I can't find my way out. So how then should you find your footing? Actually, in the three or four minutes I've left, the answer was in Ephesians all along. I've I've realized, wrong word, I've become more and more committed um, that one should read like the whole chapter if possible, not just bits. We, we live in a world in which we get things in bits and bites. I know that's a computer term. And we get the, the information in little segments. But actually the answer was there all along because the same chapter that says, don't go, uh, let the sun go down on your anger and don't give the devil a foothold. If you just kept reading, it would give you the answer. So why don't we just read? Ephesians 4, uh, I'll go to a proper translation now, the NIV. Uh, the first time was message. It says this, anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Not one amen, eh? (laughs) Do something useful with your own hands. Some people need to get a hobby and need to stop sucking everybody else dry from everything they need and just get started on their own journey. That's how you get a foothold. You get a foothold, firm foundation. Just start with something small. Stop waiting for somebody else. Listen, let me just tell you a secret in life. No one's coming to help you. It's you and Jesus. Don't become somebody else's responsibility. It's you and Jesus. Nobody's gonna come make you happy. There isn't a person on the planet that's gonna come make you happy. It's only Jesus who's gonna make you happy. So stop asking somebody else to come make you happy. Get going on your own life. Can we have an amen? And then I'll just move on. Let's move on. So, so stealing sounds like, oh, that's a problem they have, but we steal all the time. We steal emotionally. We're we, we still in resource, in time. We, we do it all the time. Then do something useful. Uh, do not let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgive each other just as Christ forgave you. The formula to getting a solid footing is in Ephesians all along. It's so complicated. I really sometimes wish it was complicated. It would make me feel useful. Hey, guys, I came up with this formula for you. Come to church and I'll give you the secret sauce to standing strong. It's just in Ephesians. Four simple things. Start something useful. Say something beneficial. Touch something spiritual. Stop something immoral and you're on solid ground. I'll close with this seriously cheesy story. The, the story goes that it's not a true story. It better not be. It, it can't be a true story. This, this guy is too slow. 
The story goes that a man goes and sees the doctor. And the, and the doctor says, what's wrong? He said, quite a few things he said. I've got pain here at the back. When I go like this, it's sore. He says, what else? So my back of my shoulder, it's very sore. My touch it's very sore. And even on the elbow, oh, it's very sore. Doctor says the back, the shoulder, and the elbow. You're falling apart. <laughs> After a brief inspection, you know what the doctor realized? His finger was dislocated. <laughs> Wherever he touched. Ow. Ow. I warned you it was a cheesy story, wasn't it? I'm also telling you that, that when I make you laugh, I'm coming for you with a long knife. My prayer life isn't working. My tithes aren't working. My Bible reading isn't working. But you're immoral or you're speaking unwholesomely or you're just lazy. You're not doing anything with your time. and You've got a dislocated finger and it's touching everything in your life and you think everything in your life must change, but we must fix the dislocated finger. Uh, I, I tried my best to say it with a smile on my face and a sort of a cute high-pitched voice with a fancy story because it, um, my hope is that you'll receive it. Christ came to put us on firm footing. Don't give your footings to the devil. You'll need them to climb your own mountain. Why should he climb when God has called you to climb? Would you please stand with me as we pray? I hope you won't rush off from any of our churches. I hope you'll, you'll stay for coffee and conversation and cake and we'll, we'll deal with willpower tonight. Um, just go easy on it this morning. And, um, but mostly, I hope you'll stay to be community and, and, and to get to know somebody and to go to starting point and maybe the lounge or whatever um, space we have in our churches for first-time guests. Um, but I want to pray that Christ will set you free. I want to pray that um, not, not one error in your life is held by nothing more than a spider's thread. And that no error in your life is a little web, one jab, breaks it. So Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that, that you are our strength and our help in time of need. Thank you, Lord, that, that you came to, to give victory to those who are oppressed. And Lord, we reject every form of oppression and possession that is ungodly in the name of Jesus. And where we have opened a door or given a footing, we take it back today. We close that door and we renounce anything that has left a foothold for the devil. We commit ourselves not to play with these spiritual things. They are serious spiritual business that produces serious biblical favour. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that over our churches, the people, our families, our businesses, our geographic locations, the things that may have passed down through generations or been absorbed by environments, those footholds 
we renounce and reject in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that we are free to stand firm and having done all, to stand. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Before we rush off and as the clock counts me down to zero, if you haven't given your life to Christ, in other words, you haven't done the ultimate action for spiritual freedom, which is just to simply say, uh, I want to be a follower and you can be the leader in our relationship. You may have some kind of relationship with Christ. It could be academic or it could be a, 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 like a hobbyist. It's some kind of relationship, but it's not follower leader. I, I'd like you to consider praying this prayer. It'll make you the follower and him the leader. It'll take you places you didn't think you could go, in environments you didn't think existed. It'll bless your life. It goes like this. It's actually just rewording of, of a, a verse in John chapter 5 from the message. Dear Jesus, you said in the Bible that whoever hears your words and believes God sent you to set me free from my debt of sin has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life. I confess that I believe you and receive salvation from my sins and new life in my soul. I now cross over from death to life. Amen.